How many of these have you guys done? Dude, episode 35. Today's 35. Wow. did you listen to the first was, one <laughs> no no it wasn't it was the um the ward bros oh well that was a two-parter so yeah i got called out on that so i was you did yeah we I, actually and threw and your name that's right and we were title. like you won't even hear it anyways yep. doesn't matter and so i had to prove a point hey so who are you my name is brad matthew swiggy hi 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 i'm 38 years old i'm six foot three I have a wife. I feel like you're six. I feel like you're I'm more than six homeless. three. I'm six foot three. Man. Whoa. Because I always feel like you're taller than me, but I got no married recently and I was six three, like almost yeah. on the dot. You are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think of us all as you're the same You're not taller height. than me? I don't think so. Oh, I feel like you are. Maybe you just have, I think, you know what? I think you've just got much better posture than I do. You have great posture. You do have nice posture. Fred Swicky. I try to keep great it straight. Posture. I, got, I got this, uh, <laughs> I got a posture thing for, well, it was just like a gift. And you wear it like straps around your arms and uh-huh. it, it kind of holds you back and you're supposed to work wearing it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, bad. Totally. Yeah, totally. it's not bad. Uh, episode, I, I believe, I want to say 16, Shot in the Dark guest, Shelby Pollard, has been rocking one of those. Yeah. Also, shout out to Shelby, recent father. So congratulations, really? yeah, Shelby. Yeah, congrats, Shelby. Wow. Holiday no. Him and Bobby? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Aw. I was hoping to maybe see him yesterday when I was in there. He's out on paternity oh, he leave. Is. Yeah. Sweet. And they give him that. That's nice. He does get the he does get the paternities. That's great. Should be the law. I think. It, I mean, is that is it the law? Absolutely not. My brother had to take a week of paid time off to be with his son for his first week, no and then way. back to school or back to work. Oh, yep. Funky Buddha. Yep. Yeah, you just got to work for a cool place. Yeah. Or work for yourself, and then you're just. I guess both. No, I think that's kind of the opposite. Because <laughs> yeah. you're definitely not getting paid yeah. if you if you work for yourself. <laughs> No money. You're going to get no, no tip. So, hey, we were saying this is episode 35. Yeah. Gearbuds podcast. We're doing the thing. Super, super stoked to have a very good friend, Brad Swicky, here because he doesn't live here. And to have him in the room with us is just a, it's a delight. Well, you know what I was thinking? guys. I was thinking like when the show started, we just had our friends on all the time. Yeah. And we haven't had you on because you're, you are one of our best, but you know, especially our musical. You would have, you, know? you would have been one of the first guests. I would have forced, no. forced it easily upon you. Oh yeah. If you were still here at the time we started this, <laughs> probably be on it with us all the time. <laughs> we just make you come. And now Sophie's on too. Just yeah. have Sophie on. So thanks for being here. We're yeah. going um, to, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. We're going to dive into some of the, some of the segments we usually like to kick off with here. <clears throat> really? You got a scripted segmentation. Oh, we got the thing, man. We got a few, a few points that we like to reach. Okay. Hey. Although we are going to dump, we are going to dump. We're going to jump right into the symphony of corrections. Nothing really to correct this because so here's a, here's a, an, an update for the for, pe- for prior you. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I go back and edit, I realize most of the time that we say things wrong. So I have we've created a segment uh, called the symphony of corrections. We don't look stuff up on this show. So no, no, just like to <laughs> we do it. it. Well, yeah. well, I'll look stuff up beforehand, but yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. like to have computers in our face mm-hmm. while we're sitting here. So no. good. Uh, Nor should you. Do you but anyways, not really. Although the, the we kind of have we also have been setting this aside to just some do just some reminders and such things like uh, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, please. Gearbuds podcast and also a reminder that we're going to be at Nam in a couple weeks. Nam. So we're super stoked about that. Bad, 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 Brad. Brad, bad, by Brad. the way. Brad, are, you, are you gonna Are you gonna be in that area when we're out there? I have some cat butt muffins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will like be. 
ironically and completely randomly in uh, L.A. those exact same dates. It's crazy. Yeah. So So I don't know if I'm going to make it the hour trip up to Anaheim necessarily, but I will be in the general vicinity of you guys. We'll be thinking about each other. We'll be in the same weather. Yeah, same weather, breathing the same smoggy air. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll Actually, find a way to cross paths. Recent, recent news is that a good friend and first guest of the podcast, Dan Liu, will be there at yep. NAM with us, and he's going to be doing the damn thing. That was news to me today. I'm stoked, man. This is awesome. Yeah. We got the crew. He actually is finalizing one of our new logos. We've got, we're making, we're making custom shirts for every day mm-hmm. with different GearBuds logos. Oh, at NAM. To wear at the conference. Okay. Too. And so we're waiting on the final, the fourth and final design from Dan, uh, which is our, 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 I'm just going to spoil it right here. It's going to be GearBuds, but black metal. Mm-hmm. It's a black metal version. It's so good. I bet he loved taking that on. He, it was his idea. <laughs> He of just course. sent it to me one day, and I was really? like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." Did he sketch it or something? He did it digitally, and okay. then and then he, uh, but then we changed our name. Yeah, so, that kind of uh, held things up for a second. It, it was it was it was Gear Hunks instead of Gear right, Bugs. right. So uh, he hasn't done it. But then last night he, we kind of had this little talk, and he he set himself a deadline, and he said he's going to have it by I believe two forty five p.m. today. Now. Wow. Because was this Dan Liu that told you this or Richard the Rapper? It was Ricky. It was Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> because it was definitely that's a really good. You question. might want to check in with oh, Dan Liu on that now. Well, here he said he's like because we're we're going to the, we're going to jam in two hours here, and uh, he said if I don't have it done by the time we're getting together tomorrow, I'm not going to go to Nam. But I know he really wants to go to Nam, so I'm sure cool. he's going to get that done. Awesome. He he needed he just he needed, he needed a time limit. He needed to set himself a goal. And he did. Well, so you know, we were, we were responsible adults last night, went home before midnight or That's around true. midnight. That's that true. is responsible. So he got his sleep. He did. Um, as much as he can with little Jaspy. And I'm sure he's been working on it all morning. Got to check in. I'm with sure Rick. it's the only thing he's doing. Yeah, Richard. I'll I'll text Richard in a little yeah, few text minutes him. here. See what Ricky's up. So Nam's exciting. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to talk to all you folks we've been interacting with digitally and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, and some folks that we know from back in the day as well. So really excited to get out there. Me too. Yeah, it's a nice. I've never even been to California. Richard, what? Yeah. The? So it's you know for me it's like a whole adventure. Oh man, I want to be like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, we're spending two weeks out there, so we're kicking it off in L.A. Wow. Then we're headed up to Davis, visit my, my family, and then uh, finishing off in Sonoma. Ooh, Ooh wine so. town. Get some natty wine. Get some natty juice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a nice little vacation. And get some sun because prior to arriving in the States, I had spent the last three months seeing very little sun in Sweden. It's been not necessary because of the lack of uh, sun being up, which mm-hmm. is about two hours shorter than here, but when it is up, it's cloudy, so you don't see it at is all. Is that typical for this time of year? It is. It feels a lot heavier and worse this year. Em mm-hmm. and I, when we arrived, we were very gray yeah. looking. We looked very corpsey. <laughs> like dead blueberries. Yeah, we were dead blueberries, and I've definitely uh, excuse felt... me, it's blueberries. Blueberry. <laughs> Do you guys have one of those lights that like uh, it's supposed to make you feel good? No, that's super common. Do those really work? I think they do to a certain degree. I I mean, you know, there's science behind vitamin D, Mm -hmm. but I've never done that. This is the first year I would even consider it, but we're doing two weeks in California. That'll be nice. I've seen some sun here in Chicago over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Even today. Yeah, we got Feeling some sun coming li- in through the window. Got a little here. color again. Exactly. You, you know? look good. You look, look healthy, alive. Man. You look good. Not dead, at least. Dude, I've got to. I've got to go back. We've got to tell that story about uh, that that 
hipster coffee shop in Stockholm you took me to. <laughs> I don't. So is, is it blueberries? Is that is that how you say it? Blueberries. So blue yeah. in Swedish is blåa. Blåa. So base like blow. Mm-hmm. Blåa. And then berry in Swedish is bär. So blåa bär. Blåa bär. Blåa bär. I like that. Yep. And I'm sure uh, if any of you Swedes are listening to this, you'll correct me on that. We get a couple. Yeah. We, we have so. we have a consistent one, and we thought it was you. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Definitely not that So there one. you go. Shout out to whoever that is. Yeah. But so so I was visiting Brad, and uh, we I think that was the day that we just kind of like walked north to south through most of Stockholm. Like yeah, we, we kind of went the, through most of Stockholm. I have this route I, I take people on when they visit. And it goes right through the main vein of Stockholm, and it's about a forty-five minute walk, and you can literally walk from one end to the other in forty-five minutes, mm. and that's it. Mm. Yeah. And so See we started at this coffee shop, which, which by all other accounts, and in, in my experience, was, was great. Otherwise, Unthreatening Gatan. There it is. Mm. Yes, that's where it always starts. And so I, so I go up, I get up, and we're like ordering, we get or some coffee or whatever. <clears throat> I don't even remember what sort of. You usually get a, oh, a coffee latte. and a cardamom bule. What's that? It's like a cardamom bun. But I had decided instead of cinnamon, they do cardamom buns, and it's wonderful. Never had that. I wanted to get a fucking blueberry thing. So I would. So whatever. I had had the other one already. I really liked it, but the blueberry thing looked really good. Yeah. And so I go say the word right. So I go to so I go to order it, and uh, I was like, whatever, blah blah blah, coffee, and the uh, I tried to say like I think I I tried to say like blue or something. Like I said it wrong. I tried to say you figured they would be close enough. I got it wrong. And the, and the guy and the guy, the very handsome <laughs> hipster man working behind the counter so pretentious. decides pretentious man decides to correct me. It's blowbar. <laughs> oh, you dick. And so and, and I and I was fully ashamed so at this typical. point. And as we walk away, Brad goes, How about you blow a me? <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> comeback, dude. He didn't say it to the guy, he said it to uh, me, but I also thought it was sweet maybe burn, though, the funniest yeah. thing I had heard. Because oh. I was feeling a little dejected about it and he just he's lifting me right I'll back. I'll have up. the blueberry muffins, please. <laughs> yeah. I got that blowbar. Blowbar. <laughs> I mean, that was very unnecessary for him to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to correct someone that, and that's a fr- isn't that's a friendly a friendly place too. You know, it mean, might have been because you know. I I didn't yeah. say blueberry. I tried to say yeah, it in a squishy way. I was you know I was trying to fucking do the thing and I messed up. Man. So, so exactly. it was it was because I was trying to make the effort. He's like. I'm going to correct this guy in my most You should have like way. learned it and gone back in and been like, order well, the same thing like an hour later or something. It kind of worked. We're talking about it now. There it is. Now oh, I'll never forget. Blow about Gone through the enunciations and Quick I think twist. next time you're going to crush it. The, that's the, actually the guy who listens to the show. It's the guy who, <laughs> the cashier. Yeah, he knew. He's the dude. Yeah, like, so there you have it. Probably six months or so before we started this thing. Though, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Il Cafe <laughs> Barista Bro, we'll see you soon. I do remember they yeah, had very bear. good music players. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a it was a cool place. Yeah, it is a good place. Cool. It's a little dungeony. It's in kind of an old place, and it's, uh, yeah, it's where I start my tour for that day. That that walks. So. Right. right oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Dude, can you walk us through Dave's Docks? Dave's Docks. Dave's Docks. Got a good doc for us today. Dave's Docks. Um, I just watched this a few days ago. It's on Amazon, and it's called Give Gimme Danger, and it's the story of the Stooges. Oh wow! Yeah, that's in my list, dude. 
It is one of the best docs, man. It's Dude. so good. And I know I keep saying that you lately, saying that. but I've been watching some really good ones, man. Yeah. And uh, I have to say- It's fine. There can be a lot of hits for us to share with the, the folks. The things that- Well, yeah, I hope they're good. You yeah. know, I've had some bummers and I was like, it was, it was okay. It was fine. Um, yeah. Dude, you know, what people forget is they fucking started in like 1967. Jesus. So like the, when the biggest bands were like the like Stones and the Beatles, they were like, power. they actually said like, we killed the 60s. That was kind of Iggy says that in the movie. He's like, he's like, people asked if, you know, we like changed the 60s. He's like, I think we killed the 60s. Nice. Uh, I and, love you know, that. they were kind of like, you know, the godfathers of punk in a way. Yeah, so, they were like the anti 60s yeah, movement. Yeah. So between like 67 and 73 is basically when that band like released three albums. They mm. were on fire. They, they could do no wrong. And then, uh, then they got into drugs and then the uh, bass player died in 75 wow. and they were never really the same after that. So hmm. yeah, but uh fantastic man. Give me danger. 2016 right. movie. And there are that. they interviewing them? Like, mm -hmm. the yeah, Iggy yeah. The guy the Iggy's members. like kind of in the whole thing. Is, okay. And then they've got, you know, the Ashtons are in there. The bass player mm. is in a couple like early, early interviews, but they're, he passed away in 75. So they, they weren't right. making the movie yet, obviously, but, right. right. Um, just really cool. You know, Iggy was a drummer when he first started. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay. And he moved to Chicago to be like a blues drummer Whoa. and playing these blues rock bands and stuff. Cool. And he just, he was like, I wasn't good enough. So I went home. And then, <laughs> really? Yeah. And then he met these guys in the neighborhood and they were kind of all just musicians. And it, it really was this weird, natural, started jamming together. We're never like friends early on or anything. So huh. pretty cool. Yeah. Great recommendation. Cool. Yeah. Definitely gonna What's watch it called that. again? Uh, Give Me Danger. Give Me Danger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Reminds me of I don't remember. I'm gonna take another stab in the dark. Maybe episode 22 guess Johnny Water from Daredevil yep. Pedals telling the story about yeah, the Ron Ash, the Ron Ashton house and all yeah. that stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he went to the original house. The uh, guy from Daredevil Pedals. Okay. And uh, with the sister of one of them. Yeah, because I, I don't know what year it was in, but I, they're all they're all passed away now except for Iggy. Yeah. So it must have been like a family member, a neighbor, or something. Yeah. But anyways. Um, yeah, he made that pedal for Daredevil. It's the I forget the name of it, but it's got Ron Ashton's face is just on the pedal. Cool. Yeah, and he I was like, I didn't ask him for licensing or anything. I just used his face. Then he started selling them, and he's like, uh, better go look into this. You know, is it okay? Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if they, they don't yeah. make them on the current line. I think it was a limited run, anyway. Okay. But cool. Maybe it was like the Ashton Fuzz or something like that. It no, was some kind of fuzz. It was, it was called like the like the way out there. It had a name that wasn't really representative of. Ron Ashton, but maybe that's a song title or something. I'd have to look it up now. Word. We'll have to fix it next week in the ministry. In the symphony of corrections. Dude. Oh, wait, we forgot to do a thing in the symphony. I'm sorry, we got to take a quick step back. This isn't the other weekly reminder that we have here that cables are now known as tone tubes. Mm -hmm. And I have to add, this is the first time we get to do something that I'm excited about on the show here. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Have we haven't we? talked about it yet. So, uh, okay. So take a quick step back. I don't remember which episode number, maybe 19 guest of the podcast. Stingray, AKA Matt Skaronsky, has done us the great, good, good deed of making us actual real life tone tubes. It's insane. And so now guest of the podcast, Brad Suiki, I bestow upon you a tone tube. Oh my goodness. Get, is this Stingray made? Stingray made. That. Stingray, Stingray props, made. Bro. I have to add. Oh, actually, maybe this is wow. Worth, worth and the it symphony says correction. tone tubes. It says tone tubes. You should have logo and everything, dude. <laughs> Illinois. It's very high it's quality pink, cable. Black. It's uh, and it's a good. It's a good gauge. Nice thick. Yeah. Cable. Little patch cable there. Uh, it, Switchcraft jacks. I have to add wow. Stingray when he was making them. 
there was in part of the inner sleeve. There's this conductive material that he that he didn't cut away. So I had to go through with every single one that he made with a little razor blade and slice it away and not damage the cable. But they sound excellent. You now. put your own love into it. You so know? you know that's just the the first version. Uh, we will now we're now going to start. I don't know if we're going to sell them or just give them away or whatever. But we're going to start fucking doing. Dude, I love I love that he actually baby. went Made as far in to USA. get them, like manufactured. Like the logo on there, printed on there. Is oh, just, we've got more too. That's there's, amazing. I think we've got enough for another maybe twenty five cables. So. Wow. So thank you for this inaugural um, sponsored gift. Yeah. And uh, I will take this back to the land of Swedes with me and be the first and only person in the country and in, in the, of the U.S. to own a uh, tone tube Chicago, Illinois yeah, baby. patch cable. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thanks, You're welcome. Stingray. Our pleasure. Uh, all, yeah. You, yeah. Bring plug them in oh you can you know you can plug it into my all-time favorite pedal your course pedal your, uh, <laughs> he loves course pedals i don't know if you know this C- oh yeah ce1 yep. ce1 baby <laughs> i've got that this will be a good length for it yeah because it's you got know the into what i need to get it into as a big big pedal I've, I've said it before dude that's the very only one the only one i've ever liked hmm. which what which one is it it's the i don't Roland's, you know roll or the boss or no, it's made by Roland still, but like, it? yeah, but it was like the precursor to Boss. They're, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the CE1, it's the uh, is it CE2? It's huge, it's, it's the wide, oh, okay. it's like the pretty much one of the first from the 80s, 70s, 70s. first pedals, cool. basically. And it's and it and it's a chorus pedal, which it can do the chorus thing that I don't like, but it also does this sort of vibrato kind of thing that I do like. Well, it has a vibrato, yeah, so you can flip between oh, the wow. chorus, and it actually has like you could use it just as um, uh. Kind of a, a boost. Totally. Oh, wow. It's really, because it, when you put anything through it, all it overtakes the tone and everything. Mm-hmm. It becomes, it just sucks it all out and does what it wants with it, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's really cool. I'll yeah. remind you, I'm sure you've got some pictures somewhere of that thing. Maybe you can yes. uh, shoot me some and Absolutely. we can make that a thing. I do have some pictures. It was painted white by someone that owned it previously. And this, actually, it's not necessarily mine. It was that hand me down from my brother-in-law who now is divorced from that sister so i don't know when i'll see him again it's indefinite loan mm-hmm. yeah He's <laughs> it's it's cool Mikko, if you listen to this up uh, we'll, we'll connect soon <laughs> we'll figure it out yeah we'll figure it out you'll be on your feet soon it'll be fine yes uh well you know, I've got a question. Is the is the power what's the power difference in Sweden versus here? Like, can oh, you use your normal pedals and pedal power supplies and shit? I just here? got asked this last night and I don't know it's a voltage difference, sure, right? right? I don't know what's our standard here? It's like one hundred and twenty. So then there's one ten. Oh. It varies all over the world. I don't know. I think so. But my pedal board um is all US bought pedals. Right. And my power supply is the you've got the chocks, the right? DC five. What's it by? Yeah, um, chocks. Yeah, chocks. Mm-hmm. And I can use that. It has an adapter to either do U.S. or Swedish yeah. Europe. Those uh, are internally adapters. regulated. I've got the yeah. same, I've got the DC ten. I've got the bigger version. Oh, DC ten. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. It, I have no. It doesn't affect me. The difference is, let's see. I've. Now, you know, I bought amps there, mm-hmm. so I have two amps there, and those obviously have the different um, plugs. Um, and I thought it about at one point, I thought about bringing the tiny tear, yeah, because it was so portable. But well, I know you can buy converters, and I would have needed mm-hmm. like a converter and stuff. I was yeah. like, ah, yeah. well, you know, it's funny that. that old uh, 
a 65 top boost that one my buddy has mm-hmm. has a voltage switch. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, because huh. those were UK made, which yep. I think UK is like 230 volts, mm-hmm. I want to Yes, that'll throw that in the symphony next week. But yeah, I don't understand all that shit, man. Because like, if what if you're running pedals from one, you know, power through the the amps powered right, right? But then the pedals aren't. Does it just sound different? Like they wouldn't be getting. You enough. risk damaging the pedals, sure. yeah, for sure. Because the especially on pedals, the you know, like on an amp, they've got real big capacitors with that can take a lot of tolerance. On a pedal, they're very little. So if you if you, you can if fry you put too things. much voltage into it, you could very easily fry. Yeah. It. And 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 there is damage you can do by underpowering as well. Right. Mm. So yeah, it's just not a good thing to do. That's why people, companies like Chox, I believe they're Danish, right? Maybe. Yes, I think so. Make stuff like that that works across the that's the best power supply i've ever had that's it is so slim i love it that's what charlie has too on his easily no he has the uh mxr MXR, so this actually that's pretty small too is so thin that i was able to mount it underneath my pedal train oh wow like i have the smaller pedal nano guy yeah the nano and it even fits underneath that no kidding and it had the dc5 has five I think, mm-hmm. um, and the, but you can daisy chain it. You can change um, the power, the voltage. Yeah, the and, voltage. So you can, and you can even like if you need if you have a really high powered pedal, you yeah. can use doublers to combine yep. and stuff. It's, okay. it's but it's all regulated and isolated. That's yeah. I did a lot of research before I bought my power supply yep. and landed on the DC ten because yep. it's, it's it's the best in my opinion. The best. The chocolate yeah. is the biggest one they make. Which okay. if you've got like a ton of Strymon pedals and stuff, you uh, want to get yeah. Um, and it does AC and DC, which is actually a problem I've run into with mine. That it's called the totally. DC10. Yep. It only does DC, so uh, I have okay. a couple of AC pedals that I can't use specifically with that mm, power supply. Interesting. But they do sell some that have both, and and so does uh, Voodoo Labs. One, they have a pedal. One of their pedal powers does AC and DC. Mm, and that's stuff smart. Like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. You, so cool. you bought some amps in Sweden? Wait, 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 what? wait, wait. We've got, I, I want to get. We're gonna get into all Brad's gear. We can't at forget. Some point. We can't, can't forget. We, oh, we will not forget all of my gear. We're I don't have that here. much gear. I know. That's I did buy a few amps. Over we're gonna there. we're gonna Nothing get into all that shit in a little bit. Let, let, me, too, let me do. Me. Let me do a couple more things first here, and then we're gonna we're gonna get so deep up Brad's gear. But oh, we no. didn't do the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't do your. We we do we do want to get to the riff library. Right. We gotta know. We've had some time. We've had a little time. Uh, yeah, I guess it had. Yeah, this is this is the first one we've recorded in a couple of weeks because we mm-hmm. did a couple with the Dave Pensado episode. Which how have we not talked about that yet? By the way, yeah, we haven't talked about it because wow. it happened yeah. last, and then we switched the yeah. We got to interview Dave Pensado, which that probably doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people in the world, but he's a Grammy winning mix engineer that's yeah. done everything like cool. Beyonce. Wow. When you Google him, there's Christine a lot Aguilera, of beautiful, and I mean just huge. Is he Chicago based? No, no, he's LA. he's in L.A. We okay. did our first phone interview. We did our okay. first phone interview. Yeah. How the audio turned out for that was that okay? Better than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to. Yeah. 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 It was. It's not definitely you know, it's, like it's yeah. not as good. But no. we, I, we figured out how to do it. So we still recorded our audio normally here, and then just yeah. had his vocals separate. But it, that required a little, a little extra editing on my part. But you know, worth it. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that was actually through through the Nam organization. Well, maybe the second um, yeah. Gearbuds podcast I'll ever listen to in my life will be that one. That do that one. Yeah, it's good. We'll it's it's a it's a good tight sixty minutes. It's not that long. It's uh Henry carried it, man. He was he was killing it, dude. Like he oh. had all the questions lined up and he was ready to like keep it flowing. This guy was on it, man. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. I don't know. I if was that, impressed. I don't know if I'm gonna not edit that out of this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. You always I, edit I, out I, my compliments, I, don't you? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but thank you. Though. But yeah, that was that was very cool. Cool. And That's so yeah, fantastic. oh yeah. So yeah, we've we haven't talked about that, but now we've got another segment that we have because we haven't talked in a while. Riff Library, where I talk about different 
Riffs? music related book mm-hmm. uh, every week. And this one is called Let It Blurt. <clears throat> the Life and Times of Lester Bangs, America's Greatest Rock Critic by Jim Deirgatis. Oh, dear. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll do the usual thing where I read the, qu- the quote on the front. Finally, the great American writer gets the book he deserves. Jim Deirgatis's Let It Blurt is a personal journey through the wit and the world and the ferocious spirit of Lester Bangs. It reads like rock and roll by that's Cameron Crowe. And so it's Whoa. it's exactly what it is. I'll, I'll do a little show and tell yeah, passing listen. around here. It's uh, it's great. I mean, I, that's the first Dear Goddess book I've ever read. I've read obviously a lot of his writing, being mm-hmm. a Chicagoan who's he's written for the Sun Times and Rolling yep. Stone, and I think no, I think just Cot does the Tribune. Um, Charlie but, uh, Nadler's uh, father was buds with him back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. We do. We've got to get Charlie on the show. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Have you guys cool. ever met Jim Dear Goddess? I haven't met him. I no. have met him. I yeah. met him once. Yeah. Oh, twice actually. He we played with this band, band one right? Time. Yeah. Yeah, Blaine got to play with his band, and we awesome. were so excited because I think for some reason I don't remember if they played first or whatever. But he missed our set, and then I saw him outside. And I was like, "What'd you think of the set?" And he's no. like, "Oh man, I was out here like drinking the whole time." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> dude, bummer." Um, I went to a seminar of his also when I was in uh, in Columbia. Okay, at Columbia, yep. and uh, he was just talking about the music industry, but it was really interesting because it was like 2006 or something, right. and it was changing so fast. And he's like, you just got to, you know, you got to mail out press kits and like, here's how to put together a press kit. And like, it was all physical copies of everything and really, really interesting. Manila envelopes. Mm-hmm. That was so Got to buy these padded envelopes and like that decorate still them. That's a thing? EPKs, baby. Yeah, EPKs. Yeah, it's all EPK. But do people still like, I mean, remember we used to, we turned uh, flyer into a verb and we go flyering. Yeah, that mm-hmm. doesn't really happen as that much. That doesn't, right? I haven't seen a kid handing out flyers in a long time. It's we all used to social hit the media street. Yes. Yeah, dude. It was embarrassing. Back in my day. Yeah, my day. Trap music was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, there's not much else for me to really say about that book other than if you're interested in reading about probably the most important rock and roll writer in American history, written by another very important Absolutely. rock and roll writer. And Check I mean, Lester out. Bangs, hell of a name. Hell of a name. And if you've ever seen Almost Famous, one of the sort of key yeah. characters. That's in, where in the, the name film. sounds familiar yep. from. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he mentors Cameron Crowe, right. who wrote the quote on the cover of the book. Rad. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. Let it blur, baby. All right. Segment's done. Brad's gear talk time. So you bought some amps and sweet <laughs> I bought amps and sweet Now, I want to hear about this process, because is there a lot of music stores? I mean, do you have to go to Stockholm? Like, where do you go? Um, Wait, hold on. Before we do that, where do you live? Where do you I live, live right I'm currently floating between spots, so I'm been living in Maria Stad, Sweden, which is about, it's directly between Gothenburg and, and Stockholm, mm-hmm. um, right on the largest lake, um, Lake Vannon. Love that. Beautiful um, lake. Beautiful lake. Lovely lake. Lovely little town of about 15,000 people. Cool. Uh, so I've been living out there for the last four years and with my wife, and now we are heading back towards Stockholm uh, to be closer to friends and family. Okay. And which will also put me uh, in closer proximity to um, play more music with my band. So You guys play in Stockholm? Yes, we have a practice space that is an absolute anomaly, uh, especially in Stockholm. There's just no open space in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. They're building like crazy for residential and that leaves little to nothing for anything else. So... We have this space in Solna, which is just north, technically north of Stockholm, 
Um, it's about 10 minutes from central. It's mm-hmm. a pretty small city. Um, and it's like a 500 square meter um, space in this big old industrial warehouse. Wow. Um, so it's not a big rehearsal space, like with a bunch of bands? And no, stuff? there is one other band in there now. It's been a bunch of different stuff. There's maybe a total of four rooms and they're all like 500 square meter Whoa. rooms, like humongous. Wow. So the reason we have access to this is my drummer in my band and, and good friend Patrick Semison, his, um, he is a professional percussionist. So he plays with all the bunch of orchestras around town and timpanis and all that. So he needs a pretty large space mm-hmm. to keep all of his, um, his, his music gear. I can and imagine. he plays with this brass band basically once a week. And in return, he gets this huge chunk of this 500, basically a hundred plus square meters to wow. himself. Like, so that's so like we a, have a, yeah. a couple football fields for us. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what it would be in well, feet. A meter, maybe a meter is roughly what, like fifty square feet? feet, over three feet. So a, a oh, meter okay. is about three, a little over three feet. Yeah, it's a lot of space. I don't. That's know. huge. Yeah, so we, you know, half it t- is taken up by timpanis and mm-hmm. such, but then in the other half we get to... Play rock music? Play rock music, yeah. It's just this huge ceilings, and it's all concrete, so it's just really banging in there. Dude. And hey, Dave. Hey. What kind of amps does he got in there? Wait, oh, you, so boy. do you have amps? Well, I want to actually hear more about, like, before we talk about the amps. amps, can you back, it, back me up a little bit to, like, What's the music store scene? Oh like? yeah, so music store. Do you have to go to like Stockholm, like a major city? Do they have those little villagey like pawn shop places? Yeah. So Mariestad did not have a music store. Um, my closest town with a music store was Hovda, and that was forty-five minutes away. Oh wow. So, Which looks like what Quevda or something. Skovda. 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 I've seen that on a map. And before. actually, the lead singer from Dunyan, my favorite uh, Swedish band, is originally from Hovda. Oh so. cool little fact didn't know there. that that's yeah. awesome yeah. i transferred buses there you absolutely did yep. so you're coming maria Stad, there's a good chance you went through that town so oh cool. he's from there that's pretty cool but uh so and that was a pretty a dinky one yeah you're not gonna find much in there right? no i would go there for strings once in a while sure, sure but i frequent stockholm enough that i would you know, if I needed anything, I would, I got a place actually in Stockholm that I go to. Is that the place you took me? These go to, this goes to 11 or these go to 11. It's called. Is it the, that's the name of the store. It was yeah. A, that's great. Is yeah. that the one? I don't remember. It it's was, the best store in Stockholm. Um, is as far as I'm concerned, it's my favorite. What was it? Where was it? It's in Sedamom. It's kind of close to Nitoritz, but it was it by the we place where we can got, got Amida. some Fika. Uh, it's actually next door to a cafe named Fika, I think, but I've actually never been in that place, but no, it's not next to Fika town. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it, they just moved to a new location, which I haven't been in a new location, but the old location you walked in and it was just basically a whole wall of a glass case with just pedals. So oh, that was so a good pedal place. Yeah. And they had the, the, the chalks, uh, extension cables there. Mm. Um, they had like the some the lowest profile um, pedal patch cables I've ever had. Um, they sold them the ones I wanted there, so it was just my go-to. Nice. And then they did just kind of specialty guitars and amps. Not they never did Gibson or Fender. Mm-hmm. I think they recently started doing some Fender. They just but, had like more one-off stuff or smaller companies. Yeah, and then like the Guitar Center of Sweden recently just closed. Oh wow! They went bankrupt. Yeah. Ooh. So huh. that's interesting. What was that called? That is interesting. Four Sound. 
Hmm. There's a few of them around Stockholm. And yeah, so not a huge loss. <laughs> yeah, not a great <laughs> I shot. Never, it was I always felt a bit sloppy in there and just kind of, you know, you go there to buy cheap shit, mm-hmm. you know, so these go 11. And then Hellstrom is the other one. That sounds more familiar. And that's the one where you walk in. It's the old one of the oldest guitar shops. It's on Yatgaton in, in Sedamam as well, really right there in Slusen. And it has the whole um, uh, ceiling is covered in old Hegstroms that were the body was actual mother of pearl. Whoa! From like what? the '60s. What? They're yeah, gnarly, no, no. We did. And you like you take we just take yeah, you take down some into steps it. down. Yeah, I, you did take the first I was there parts for like all vinyl. Ten minutes. Yeah, totally. I mean. It's a cool shop and yeah. it's historic. And that guy that owns it is kind of a local legend. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think they're waning down now. Like, kind of, he's, he wants to retire. Yeah. yeah. So they're like slowly closing. Um, I don't, I haven't been there in a minute, but. So they had a lot of Hagstroms were like the main guitar. Well, yeah. <laughs> they had a ton of stuff. They have Gibson's a bunch old of guitars. old guitars. It was a good place for vintage stuff. Oh, cool. And then, sorry, I, I forgot about one other one. That is where um, probably the first guitar shop I ever went to when I went to Sweden, God, 11, 12 years ago, uh, Jam, up in uh, uh, kind of Vasastan in the north side of town. That one's been there for a long time. Mm. And that one, I think at this point, if you want, if you're going for like guitar and vintage guitar, it's, yeah. it's no CME, but it's it's verging. They're buying in quant. They always come to the the um, to America to all the vintage guitar oh, expos cool. and bring tons wow. back. So they're turning into the CME of Stockholm, I would say. Wow, you know, obviously on a much smaller scale. Yeah, I can but- imagine. I mean, I, I remember reading about the European market is just they just. I mean, obviously yeah. don't have as much American stuff like no, that. No. So it's harder to find. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's I think the gems you do find in Europe that you won't find here are the all oddball. Yeah. Stuff, or somebody had it for a cool. long time in their basement or yeah. played it maybe, but totally retired totally. it. Yeah. But that leads me to amps. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I bought my most recent amp, um, from them, from jam. Oh, cool. I bought, um, the newest version of the Fender blues junior. Um, so Is it a little tweed? 15 watt. No, I didn't get the tweed. The tweed was, it's, that one is really sharp high end. Mm. Really, too, almost like ice picky. Too bright, really? for, too, too bright, bright for Telly Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's kind of meant for that if mm-hmm. you're just twanging it. But yeah. I'm not trying to twang it. Yeah. And no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You sure about that? No. You knew that chicken picking son? Chick- oh man, I wish some paisley chicken picking would be cool. Yeah, so you got oh, a brand? Yeah. Was it yeah. brand new then, or was it a? Yeah, I just bought, and I yeah I bought that brand new. But when I first moved to Sweden, I there one kind of the what is like the big online retailer in, in America right now is like musicians, musicians friend. friend or Sweetwater. Oh, Sweetwater. Yeah, Sweetwater. The Sweetwater of Europe is Tolman and okay. they're out of Germany. Okay. Um, and so I initially bought my first amp was a Vox AC 10, which, yeah. my God, you got the, the tone I you had the 15. Of, no, 10 That's a ton? is a little tone box. It's That's wonderful. Cool. That thing sounds great. It sounds so good for a little 10, 10 water. And I bought that from them. So oh, I wow. ordered that online. So, Brought my 52 reissue tally over there. Yep. What and year then, is that? Uh, it's 80s, right? I think it's, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. something like that. And then I also, as my first guitar being over there, I hadn't brought anything. I uh, bought, used a um, like 60s special Mexican tally. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's, 
it's good enough. So I keep that and my Blues Junior at the practice space. Right. And then at home, I have my 52 Even reissue nice stuff, and yeah. my AC-10. Tote um, that pedal board. And that pedal board, uh, yeah, so then the pedal board, I have, you know, just a little little nano pedal train. Mm-hmm. What do you got on there right now? I've got, I got an MXR Boost. Right. And I put that through a JHS Charlie Brown mm-hmm. into a Fuzz factory. Yep. Into a Pog. The mini pog, not the nano. Oh. Yeah, mini pog. You've had these pedals for a while, I remember. Right? Yeah, the MXR Boost is newer, but the others I've I remember the Charlie Brown, had, totally. the, the Fuzz Factory. I'm just pretty partial to those Marshall yeah. you overdrive love, and tones. And the Fuzz Factory. That's, I that's love the Fuzz sound. Factory, yep. And then that goes into a, um, I think the MXR Mini Phase 95 is it or 45 mm-hmm. it's the one you can switch between the 90 and yeah right the 45 mm-hmm. and it's a mini version so nice to save some real estate there and then into a couple tc electronics i got the hall of fame or i got first i have the what's the, the flashback, flashback. Mm-hmm. this is a regular size yep. flashback into a regular size hall of fame into a tuner oh hell yeah so i do tuner at the end why do you t- Interesting. Why do, you do tuner at the end? I, with having like pedals on, I would always get like, especially with like a fuzz factory or something, I always find that would feed into my amp even if I had a, the, yeah, it the, does. the tuner on. It's so because then, you're putting a buffer before right, right. those fuzz pedals. And that's, yeah, that's, that's so exactly that's the right So that's why I put it at the end, it. then I get nothing. Totally. So I know it's a little unconventional, but that's just yeah. my yeah. reasoning. That's a smart way to do it, baby. It, use your ears. Tone tip. Tone if something doesn't sound good, <laughs> I tried to move it. Yeah, I tried to move it, so I did. So that's it. And that, yeah, I've got a few, like the, the chorus. I've got the old rolling chorus. Yeah. And I've got uh, a ditto. Um, the got a loop ditto. it, baby. I, yep. I rarely use it. I still have the freeze with me. Rarely I, I use it. I sold mine. Did you? Yeah. I like. Doing... I still got the flashback on my board currently at the space. Though. And you can do something like that with it, right? Or yeah. No? I mean, I actually, <clears throat> because I got that switcher I told you about. Uh-huh. Uh it has some effects built in as well and it does there's like a sustain thing that you can do with it so i have that on a momentary switch okay. now yeah. yeah it's nice to build a drone out a little bit old droney drones yeah so that's it that's my gear man i bought I, and i did buy a class my first classical guitar i got an a steve okay from uh a really nice guitar shop in gothenburg called guitar oh, cool. and the, the steve's are this vert this uh, model I have was one of the last models they made of that that they still handmade in Spain. Now they've moved those lower end models production overseas. I'm sure. So it was kind of nice to get one of those. And uh, I reason I got it is because, uh, and from the shop actually, is uh, Jose Gonzalez, one of my favorite Swedish musicians. He um, he was previously, he's from Gothenburg, and he was previously, I think, sponsored by Guitarn, if I'm not huh. mistaken. And oh, wow. they he played a lot of a Steve's. He still does play a lot of a Steve's. So if it's good enough for him then. Absolutely. It's yeah. it is one of the better Spanish classical guitar makers for sure. Their high end stuff's insane. But I was able to get a one of the low end models, but still very nice. So that was my first one. That was nice to play those classical, Can write some classical nylon tunes? strings. It's nice to I don't know, yeah. It's just, just jam on it. Good for finger picking. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful guitar. Yeah. It sounds really nice. It does, yeah. And I, I the room I had my office and stuff in is actually doubled as the living room in our old space and it had really high ceilings it's mm. humongous so it had a nice resonance in there that room sounded really good really good yeah i was really sad to move from there yeah yeah so 
But that was a beautiful are. place. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. Yep. Um, does your does your band have a name? No. Ooh. Nope. We have. Are you gonna play any gigs or anything? Six yeah. or seven originals, mostly done. And it's just three of us right now. How and often we'll have do you guys few, meet up? You know, with the my distance um, living from Stockholm, it's been tough. Yeah. Um, I'd say we've been playing for maybe the last eighteen months, and we've probably played about at least on average about once a month. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we could probably say we've played about 20 times together, yeah. which isn't that much if you think about it, but we've been both guys, Martin and Patrick are you know, the the pros. Total, you know, pros. total semi-pros, all right? You guys as a, as I am, total semi-pro. Yeah. <laughs> but it was everyone is very different and we got and I know them separately and brought them together. Um and it is was kind of an instant yeah it's one of those times we got in a room together and it's like yeah we'll, we'll play together this, very, yeah you just felt it work. right away yeah we we're all very comfortable with each other different like i said very different people personalities but we just so we get a, in the same room and it's like it's just easy so it's a trio we have such a good then? time right now yeah and actually have a pretty good um network of music buddies in stockholm including victor um victor has visited me in chicago several times and oh, actually played uh keys on one of the ancient friend eps oh the first one really yep recorded at dan smarts okay yep. so oh that's um, i thought dan played that okay no vic yeah vic was in town randomly while we were recording it i'm like dude you're you're gonna be on this yeah. <laughs> it's like okay so vic's a super talented musician yeah uh, great keyboardist vocalist uh guitarist and i actually met my drummer Patrick right now, Patrick, Patrick, um, Patrick. He grew, he grew up with Victor, okay. and we played this really. They used to do this annual set um, uh, out in the suburbs at one of their uh, parents' backyard, where they do a cover set, mm-hmm. a themed cover set with all the musician buddies they grew up with, 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 which I know now, um, including another uh, friend. Um, uh, Henke, who you met mm-hmm. at the uh, Ju- Julian Lage show, that ju- that uh, Julian Lage yeah, show, yeah, about that. in Stockholm, blew which my face off, mind blowing. Um, before Victor, uh, Henke, and Henry and I went to that together, and it was, uh, and and Henke is a phenomenal guitarist, yeah. like whoa, like um, Mike Stern. He has a Mike Stern. Oh yeah, signature was that little jazz Yamaha cat, telly, little chorus jazz cat. Yeah, he's total Mike Stern head, which <laughs> is so funny. Um, dude shreds, and uh, so yeah, we have this network of, of friends, and, oh, and we played this show together. And the first time I had played with them um, in a real, sh- you know, kind of backyard gig show, which was super fun. We did a Brexit uh, themed set, so Hell it was yeah. all through the generations, different uh, uh, UK bands, and uh, yeah. Patrick and I were like, dude, let's jam yeah, more. Keep it going. And we did. And so here we are. I love to hear that, man. Yeah, it's been great. I've, I've thought about that a lot. Like, it's even growing up here and being surrounded by the mu- network of musicians I know here, it can still be hard to get people to play together. And I was actually just recently thinking about how, how difficult it would be to go to someplace completely brand new, mm-hmm. 
different country, different city and try to get a bunch of musicians together to play again. But of all people that I know and, and am friends with, I would say Brad is definitely the person that kind of surprises me the least that he's yeah. able to do that. Cause he's just, I mean, such a, listeners such need a, to know Brad is just such a, a warm, oh, inviting Jesus. soul. Outgoing. Such a, such a great dude. Lights that, up a yeah, room. Exactly. So it's not surprising to me that, <laughs> what, that you're able to get. That's interesting. Like, thank you. What would be your approach? Cause I, if like, if you move to sweet or say where you didn't know anybody, Germany or something, would you just start going to shows and hopefully meet some of the guys after? Like, it, it's almost like trying to make friends. You know, they always joke like, go make some more guy friends. And then, you yeah, know. I would say going to shows for sure. Also, I mean, the internet is a good thing. Like yeah. Reddit, there are groups for every mm-hmm. city That's and musicians true. in every city, Facebook groups. I would be like, yo, here's some of the stuff that I've recorded. Uh, yeah. Anybody like this kind of stuff? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm, I might not be as easily outgoing as someone like Brad Swicky here. So it's, yeah, either way, probably shows and shows in the interwebs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys, you speak, you know, in the end you speak the same language, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's music. You just mm-hmm. can connect with anyone anywhere in the world on that level. And I found that to be true with so many different occasions that you find someone else speaks or not speaks, but plays music as well. Mm-hmm. You instantly start talking about that. And Absolutely, it's so easy to connect on that level because it's 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 special, you know. Not everybody has that um, as a musician, and so us musicians do love to talk about music, well, playing it, music. Yeah, know? like when you meet someone from that far away with some of the same interests. Yeah, it's like, whoa, we grew up at the same time and we were listening to the same thing at the same time, and it's just, just different parts of the world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's true. Music is music and math are the only universal languages exactly. that you can communicate. I, I could be sitting across from someone who we can't speak a lick of the same words, but right. we could lick some sweet riffs <laughs> some sweet on riffs. guitars <laughs> and, and totally get along just fine and yeah. probably connect yep. on an even deeper level than if we just been like, oh, what do you do for a living? Right. right. Absolutely. Get Absolutely. Absolutely. They're always and Yeah. So it's been a smooth transition coming uh from chicago as a fairly very i was yeah almost my most active as a musician ever before i moved being in the yeah lcd tribute band (laughs) all my friends r.i.p and uh ancient buds and uh and now gear buds and now gear buds (laughs) ancient friends friends. gear friends well some people might not know the three of us were in a band together yes we were indeed we have talked about before but brad is the guy he is the guy from volcanoes make islands which i was fortunate enough to play bass with man it was cool it was very very fun times yeah absolutely yeah we were with another alum vmi alum last night brian kavitan oh i forgot about that brian was also a bass player in that band that's right fantastic musician Mm -hmm. wonderful yeah he's now jacket mostly synth boy and and brian's been on the get brian's been on the show yeah fantastic yep yep he's uh they're gearing up for a new album this year which i'm excited about i thought mantra was absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. i agree they're we're gonna we've already talked we're gonna get them back on before they release the record because you know brian's not the only super gear nerd in that band so no yeah (laughs) no it'll be good to get the rest of them i think they are too so we'll have plenty to strap on your nerd spectacles for that one man that's gonna be good nerd specs brian is very particularly um nerdy about i mean he just is kind of a tone master especially yeah. now with synths and such he's mm-hmm. totally oh it was crazy man he gets some, such so a many cool things boy. going on yeah yeah so yeah that's cool what yeah, did you what was there so did you that was that that was the same 52 telly that you played in vmi what other what mm-hmm. so you've still got a bunch of gear here yeah as well what do you what do you still have here 
too much. <laughs> it just sits in my. If you need a place to store, oh, I've been tr- oh, I've been yeah. trying to tell him this for years. It's it it should be played. It's gonna go. It's not. It, you, you want that stuff to be played. I know. Leave it at the space. We'll run her through the well, paces. Speaking of Brian, he has several times been like, "I'm gonna go out to your parents and get the roads from them." And I was like, "That's fine." You know, like I just know how much he does like home recordings and yeah. is really into you know keys in general and all that. So I'm like, "Cool," you know. I know he'd take care of it. So, but he never has gone. So, Brian, you know, get out there. The funny thing about that is the last time I saw him, he brought that up to Mm -hmm. me. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a 45 minute straight west down North Avenue, St. Charles, Illinois. It's right there for you. The Chuck. Yep. So, STC has a fender roads for you, Brian. Weren't we talking about the roads? Is that episode where you can flip up the. There's some there's some panel on the inside that if it has the guy's signature on it, it's like That's way right. more valuable. Yeah, and the uh, yeah when you take the top off, if it has his business card, That's what or this one particular guy's signature on there, it's known to be like that means he kind of assembled best, it. And, best roads. Yeah. We'd have to I'd have to consult the archives to, to pull that article because I don't remember his name. Yeah. But uh, should look into that when I get back. You huh? should. Yeah, absolutely. I'd pop her open, take some photos. Yeah, just take photos of there's there's always going to be the on the left stamp or whatever that they have in there. Yeah, so there should be like a label that has like information, and then the other side there's also another stamp so send me pictures of both of those okay all right and then we'll know if it's the dude yes it's uh so that's sitting there i have i was i have a 1983 35 oh that guitar is so nice too what color is that might be traded in yeah for a new waterloo waterloo parlor guitar oh yes i'm played it last night and i'm feeling those vibes we'll see it's an awesome guitar it's a big decision to make (laughs) It is. I will not make it lightly. But you should also keep in mind that that'll be easy to transport back with you because yes. it's a pretty small guitar. Super easy, super lightweight. It sounds wonderful, and I've been wanting a parlor for a long time. But the 1983-35 is a hard one to part with. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah, that guitar is super clean beautiful. and just beautiful. And yeah, uh, so I have that. I have the early 90s 135. Yeah, so you and Charlie, it's same the guitar. P100s, yep, same one as Charlie Nadler. And... Um, we have been buds since, you know, I started playing guitar because of Charlie when we were 12, 11 or 12 years old. And uh, we've had a lot of the same guitars. I've been as acoustic, 135. I have, and then also I have my SG or a mid 90s SG uh, still sitting there. I have my Martin mm. D1R. Oh, I love that there. guitar. I have a Fender DeVille that I bought from Charlie Nana, early 90s Fender DeVille, or mid, whenever they, one of the first models. Everybody had DeVilles, I think, at yeah, one point in, in the 90s. I, had, I yeah. toured with the 410, the DeVille. I have yeah. the 410 that's sitting there. I have a uh, 2x12, two by, two by like, uh, two rock cab. Oh, that cab is oh, so yeah. good. It's like a, a, a fawn, like, beige. And it's kind of a vertical 212, too, Yeah, right? they're offset, yeah. I think. You ran the Terra through that, right? I, that's what I do right yeah. now. And at my parents' place, um, I, I usually will just play the... I have the 1.8, the, the 330... 1985 just sitting out, and then I just have the Terror on that cab. Yeah. And I also have the little 112 orange cab mm-hmm. that I used to oh, play. Oh, that's right. You did have an orange cab, yeah. I still have that too. I have oh, I American made bass, jazz bass there. Oh, that's a real nice jazz bass. Yeah. Got a uh, Mexican P bass. I've got a. Oh, ukulele. did you ever get that back from Brian? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I got that back from Brian, or maybe he still does. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't even matter at this point. He's used it way more than me. Yeah. Um, did you still I have, have that? a Harky Kickback 15. 
Oh, in the basement. Oh, yeah, dude, it was my first like base amp with the Richters yeah. back in the day. Yeah, dude, I need. I I've been saying I need a little fifteen-inch uh, base practice. Dude, amp. that might actually be. Perfect. It's perfect, and it it tilts back, um, so you can double it as like a monitor almost if you wanted. Yeah, which I, we I think we used that for we a did. while in one of our jam spaces. So uh, I've got that sitting there. Yeah, I don't know. You had man. a white P base for a while. Yeah, did you I had did you that sell that? I oh, did. the Mary Kay. That's Bro, right. That, I, had, I still want one of those things, man. So I cool. yeah, I you know what though? I'd take the jazz base over that any day. Yeah, like, and I got that jazz base for like four hundred bucks. Yeah, that was the crazy like yeah. uh, guitar center blowout stuff. The one jazz base they just marked down by like sixty percent for no reason. Insane. Like, that thing right. does sound perfect. And it has the uh, switch on yeah, it. Yeah, the S1 switch or whatever it is, so you can mm-hmm. do it in parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, but during a certain phase of bass playing, I definitely played the Mary Kay. Yeah, I remember it that. so cool. That was so cool. And it sounds rad. It's was, that your, was that the company of Thieves Bass? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I used with them. But then I sold that after that to one... I made a grand off selling that. Yeah. I bought it for 700 and sold it for like what? 18. You got it yeah. for the price of like a Mexican one. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this was back in the day when my friend Adam Isdor, who mm-hmm. I lived with, was uh, wheeling and dealing. Uh, FenderReissue.com, Adam Isdor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Also a doctor. Also a doctor. Yep. Also, he's the reason I've played a Dumble. Yep. Oh, that's right. Former o- owner of a Dumble. Yep. So a lot of crazy gear coming in and out of that household we lived in uh, over in Noble yeah, I remember Square. That. And so we had the, through him, we were able to get pretty amazing deals on gear if we wanted once in a while. But Charlie got that American telly. I got that American oh, telly from, for him. Right, because we were on the road and, at called, and you're like, dude, I can get it right yeah. now or tomorrow. There's no deal. This was right before Guitar Center went they didn't, full corporate mm-hmm. and would not allow... Um, I mean, wheeling, wheeling and dealing. And, dealing. Yep. and so my buddy Tomek, who I don't know where he is now, that Polish shredder that I gave guitar lessons with, he was unbelievable. He was a manager at one of the, the GCs, and he's like, dude, just come in tomorrow. It's like the last day, whatever you want at cost. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So I told, yeah, that. that's not I told something- Charlie, like, dude, <laughs> get you this. You know, it was yeah. 600 bucks maybe. Yeah. Not even. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I've been fortunate to get most of my gear through deals. So going back to that Mary Kay P base, I sold that. I was able to pay for a month's rent. And then also <laughs> with the left of money, bought the 52 reissue telly. Oh, is that when you got the telly? Yeah, through Adam. Oh, wow. I thought you had it longer. Again, so, you know, he got another deal. He, you know, got that for 800 bucks or something, not even 700 bucks. And so I was, was able to sell the P base. He had got me for a large profit. Buy the 52 issue and now you can see why pay they, for rent. Now you can see why you know? they stopped doing that, I guess. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, yeah. The good old days. Yeah, those were the days. But I don't think the market's quite the same it was mm-hmm. when Adam was parting out. Nope. All that stuff. He was kind of like on the forefront of that back in the mid 2000s. I think he may have helped drive up that market significantly. 1,000%. Yeah. He was a huge player in that mm-hmm. and did, I mean, the gear that he accumulated and, and we were able to play is unbelievable i remember he just had like walls full yeah. of shelves where it'd just be different kinds of necks yeah. and mm-hmm. pickups and bodies yeah. and crazy shit he was parting stuff out right Buying yeah so like thing. red bottom pickups yeah. and all those very specific Fender Fuller, anything fullerton, fullerton. Yeah. yep he had all of it it just he's had some i mean he had what one of his strats was what was the serial number like 
4 something like that. I mean, he had one of the first Fender reissue strats. Right. Yeah, they were V double zero, but I think they like and then it was yeah, Yeah. So he had, you know, sub ten like at times. Those guitars are so fucking expensive now. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So yeah, this was back in the day when he was able to get them. Yeah, he was yeah, he was part of that market that is interesting. He had that I don't remember which one it was now, but it was a one of those very fancy, expensive John Mayer strats. Yes, was, you know, some twelve, fifteen thousand dollars. The relic one, the blacky one. one. Yes, yeah. We played that through the Dumble. Through the Dumble. So and it was like true Mayer tone, exactly. <laughs> which is funny, kind of thinking about because I don't. I mean, I couldn't have even played a John Mayer lick if I wanted to. I don't yeah. know any, you know. So it's just like fun. I didn't even think about that, but. Man, that that guitar sounded. Oh my really god! Good. Played like a dream. Yeah, absolute dream. I, you know, I'm not a big. That was a custom guy, shop, right? I mean, it was a. It was a very ma- it was a master build. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, there was maybe top twenty tops. made or something, something was, like that. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. And that's he was he's a big Mayer fan, so he would get all the Mayer stuff coming mm-hmm. through him. Um, the last of the Mayers that he got was was those Parla guitars from Martin. Oh, and his yeah. brother Jason, who we were with last night, he has one, or I think they might even have several. But um, that plays like a dream too. It has that deep V neck mm-hmm. on those parlor guitars? Oh my god, that guitar plays like a dream. So yeah, all those Mayer Mayer signature guitars are pretty amazing. They are good. Yeah, you know, say what you want about Mayer. I know, great guitarist. Yeah. not my favorite music Fantastic. in the world, but his guitars are. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not the biggest PRS sort of dude in the world, but the those Silver Skies are actually amazing strats. Yeah, there's I could, like, I could totally see they're that. They're so yeah. nice. Yep. So, you know, that's my my PRS goodwill of the day right there. <laughs> I give him a little credit too for doing the whole Grateful Dead thing, man. I think that's not an easy I'm, undertaking. I'm not a John Mayer hater actually. Yeah, no, no me neither. I yeah. in fact I the record the he did with Pino and uh oh the trio album is fantastic. Yeah, what was it? Right. Stan, Stanley Jordan uh what's the why can't I think of the name of it? Continuum maybe? What no, it was just, I think it was just trio. Is it just trio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he they play some of the Continuum songs with trio. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think he would do like a set that was his own tunes like that, and then they do like a straight up like trio kind of like blues rock set. That was. I wish I would have seen that back in the day. No kidding. It's ripping because they had that live album. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's just ripping. That's the only John Mayer I ever actually listened to. Is that yeah live album in particular? Continuum has some tunes. It's got got some tunes. It's got some tunes. Wow, who would have thought that we would have gotten into like blowing John Mayer in this episode? <laughs> Honestly, I'm not that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Isidore, dude. So I, you know, I wanted to go back to one thing we were talking about, which was bringing that guitar over. Like, how has that been? Has, like traveling with the gear has that been a pain in the butt? I haven't attempted it too much because it's just you never know. I know there's the newly or newer past law where mm-hmm. domestics have to allow musicians to travel with their guitars yeah. and carry on. Although I still hear stories There's of people saying stories that yeah. because some of them say, fuck it. Right. Like I was I at the care. airport a couple weeks ago and I saw a girl walking through with like not even a padded gig bag, like one of those ones that's just like a shell. They're like $5. Uh, and I was oh like, well, God. I guess she's just going to, you know, they're going to put it somewhere for her. But oh God, how do you yeah. know that? You know, you don't I feel like they could be total dicks if they wanted to. And they can absolutely. So what I did, you, yeah. I took a chance with, I just, the only thing I've brought over are pedals, which that's whatever. Yeah. And then I brought my 52 reissue over. Um, but I ended up getting a mono case. Mm-hmm. Um, as my carry-on um and i upgraded to economy plus um so there's 
felt like that gave me a little bit more mm. leverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying a little bit more for my ticket. Right. So then there's so much overhead space on those international flights. Okay. That there's no reason for you not to be able to do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and I've seen other guys do it, no problem. I've never seen them stop anyone. So we shall see this time. Um, yeah, I was maybe. Saying, would you consider like shipping it ever or anything like that? Or would that I just be too expensive? Initially, I'd thought that yeah. it's a couple hundred bucks, right? And it's worth it considering you know the guitar is whatever you know worth whatever. But now, as a resident of Sweden for over one year, which is is crazy. If I were to try to ship a guitar, my something I had purchased mm-hmm. twenty years ago, I would be taxed on it. Oh, I see. Yes. How much? Uh, like VAT, 25%. On whatever the value the of value the instrument is? The value of the instrument is, you know, who, Shit. who are they to say? Yeah. So I could say whatever, you know, whatever it is, I guess, to a certain degree. But something that I've possessed for as long, they could tax me on, you know? That's crazy. So why, why? How does that? I don't even they know They give how you a one-year leeway. That's it. Yep. It's like... What's the... But what's the, like, you. rationale on something like that? To not abuse it, I guess, and, like... Yeah, but I mean, if it's something you bought fifty fucking years ago, what right. is, like how? What's totally. the difference? I know it's. I think how one. How do you prove that? It's not right. like I have receipts or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I could show pictures of me playing a gig <laughs> ten years ago with that guitar or yeah, something. There you go. Um, but and you know, I think I could. You could argue that with the customs at some point if you really wanted to. But yeah, they give the year leeway, and then shut it down. So I don't know. I haven't tried. I'm uh, just, you know, if anything, I'm just going to bring it with me on the flight and it's fine. Yeah. It's no big Are deal. you going to fly domestically with it when you go to California? No, no, no. No, no, no reason to. No guitar. But I'm I'm trip. still not off this VAT thing. It's kind of bothering me. Like what? It bothers wh- me. What too. happens if I, okay, so what if I, like, can I send something to my own name at your address in Sweden? Like what if, what happens then? Are they going to tax that? Yes. To your, to the address so the or address to the name? Um, whoever's picking it up. Oh. Oh. Yep. So I've had a gift sent to me from a client. He bought he sent me some vinyl. I think he ordered it through Amazon or something and had it sent to me and I had to pay basically probably about as much as what he it was like twenty dollars in in customs. So tax. it's like a custom tax then. Yeah. It's right? they Thanks have the, the value gift. added tax in all of Europe. Right. The V A T. It was something we don't have here. Um, we just have, you know, sales tax or whatever. I shipped uh, I shipped that 61 P base to a guy in Berlin. He's oh, really? The only person who bought it. I had that thing up for like a month. No wow. Week. Yeah. So he was all psyched. Cool. He paid for it. And I, I remember he he told me like he was going to pay. He like we split that or something like that. Oh, okay. Like that. There was a stipulation. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But we basically settled on a price and okay. kind of broke down like the cost of him paying for shipping and all totally, that. Totally. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It adds up. But with a high priced item it probably makes more it makes sense you could you can get away with yeah that the percentage kind of, wise it wasn't that yeah, much right mm-hmm. right but if you're just you know selling you know like a shipping like a record cheap, or something that would yeah, sell, yeah yeah so um yeah that can be an issue so mm-hmm. i i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do with my gear here i don't know I'm just gonna sit there for now you've got a nice warm welcome for all the stuff here you've at got a all heated time second anytime. bedroom uh yeah. practice space <laughs> uh, i mean for sure like i'm just not I will I will take the utmost care of all things. I don't doubt it. Remember how long it. you left the SVT at the practice space? Oh yeah, yeah. Before so. yeah, that was one of the things I actually did sell before. Yeah, I moved. oh yeah. That the AC hand wired AC thirty, 
and various oh, you did sell the pedals. AC30. I did, yeah. The AC30 yeah. was awesome, but also kind of good riddance to that had thing, that man. issue. It always had the problem. <sighs> the jangle. The problem is that I actually got it definitively fixed about six months before I sold it, and it was it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Didn't it do drive from, like, New York or some shit to yeah. buy it? Yes. He went on a kind of a spree of buying different amps across the country, Whoa. and... I was doing local pickup only for it because it weighs yeah. goddamn ton. And so he uh, was like, I'm picking up a, you know, blackface, whatever, in Akron, Ohio or some shit. I'll just keep going and <laughs> pick we'll it. And he going. was from like, yeah, he's from like Maryland or something, you know. I was yeah. like, cool, dude. Like, super nice de- dude. Showed up, carried the amp down with him. He put in the back. Thanks. Driving straight He didn't back. even plug wow. it in? No. Wow. Just like. And then when he got back, he's like, dude, this is, he wrote like, this is the best sounding AC30 I've ever heard. Did you do anything to this? I'm like, no, like, yeah, it's stock, bro. It's stock. You know, I had that one because that model was defective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had that fixed. Um, That's it. And but it took however better. however many tries. I was so gonna say many, you had it in the shop a few times, few times, and finally, where did, who fixed it? Did, got the final fix. At? Was it Avenue N? Rest, rest oh. in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Man, no. they had they had a great amp guy. What was maybe uh, it was was it Rock uh, and Roll Vintage? Fretworks. No. It might have been Fretworks. Oh yeah, third coast. Like, it wasn't third coast. They didn't do. No, I remember you actually had some. Shit go down. I don't want to talk shit, but there was there was one of those shops that we just named. Remember the one time your I think it was your Deville. They like dropped a soldering iron on it, bro. It was like, and they were like, "What was the story on that?" I don't remember how one, but I remember that it was like super annoying. And then they dropped a soldering iron on it too. They're like, "There's a new mark right there." Yeah, and he was just like, "Sorry." That's why they said they didn't even like, like they nah. didn't like compensate him. That's crazy. well, they ended up the manager stepped in and yeah. was like, you know, gave the guy a look like, what are you doing? Like, of course, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. Like, it was fine. But the actual amp dude at the time was not. Was yeah. like, whatever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> dude was just, you know, ripping, ripping J's and. Dropping cider and iron. Jays and burning Tolex. Burning Tolex. It was silly. It was fine. Yeah. Dude, so. what's the. Uh, I know we talked about shops. Is there like a sort of Craigslist or reverb type thing yeah, going on yeah, in Stockholm too? So we have Blocket. So Blocket.se and Tradiera. Uh, those are the two big ones. Um, Blocket is the closest thing to a Craigslist. Um, probably a little more refined. Um, but uh, yeah, so I used uh, that's how I got my first uh, Mexican telly. Oh, word was on Blocket. So um, and I used to scour it quite a bit. Is there a lot of gear on there? There or? is. Yeah, there's a. That's yeah. It's the that's best cool. place for gear. Um, and uh, was definitely looking for those kind of obscure '60s '70s no name yeah. guitars you know right. like weird shit you've never even heard of never heard of that only was sold in europe yep. or japan or whatever so um there's a lot of that on there but there's a lot of guys doing that now so it's that stuff's gone in a day and i just don't have the time to be looking at it every day so i haven't looked in a while i don't know i don't really need any gear i'm fine yeah. so, except for that parlor of course maybe that parlor <laughs> we'll see about that i do need a regular acoustic guitar a non class you know a, a, mm-hmm. a 
a, a steel, steel string. string. Dude, yeah. just bring that mark. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. The guitar's so good. Or bring that over here. Because that guitar, that guitar deserves to be played. Yeah, acoustics one will go, is, they'll get wonky if you don't play them enough. I you know? that was the one that I I played the most since I've been back because my little nephew mm-hmm. uh, is obsessed with it. That's cool. Yeah, so that's been fun to play guitar with him. He sits in my lap and we strum some some chords. Here's what you do: Mono makes a double bag right. that carries both acoustic and an electric. Yeah. Right, right. There Bring that go. with you. It, the, well, the one electric I would want to bring back with me is the 135. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's not happening yeah, in one exactly, of those. Exactly, exactly. So I don't think that would quite work for yeah. me. That's going to be a hell of a gig bag if those both fit in there. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, have, they have a double bass bag. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought about it, and then I was like, that's got to be so heavy. So heavy. I, yeah. You know, I played uh, in that sort of work cover band thing with yeah. the dude who had one of those, and he had two stingrays like oh and those aren't one light. was and they're both fives yeah and oh, and God. it was still it wasn't that bad well, they make a good like they have a good balance yeah that's what that. that i was really actually impressed and surprised mm-hmm. at how good those things worked um so i know that uh there's there's a lot there you, you're obviously working for yourself doing the web dev thing all that delightful stuff but also you've got a man is this sound is am i getting a little weird in your headphones i don't no? know you sound like you sound like me sorry it was just sounding a little strange for a second there um You've got something that's been taking up a lot of your time outside of the normal day to day, and that's uh, making making boozy fruit water. <laughs> we haven't even talked about boozy fruit water yet. So fill us in, man. Boozy I want to get fruit a, water. I did. You, I just came up with that, and I think I, I think I like it. That's gonna be the name of one of our cuvées this year. Oh yeah, boozy fruit water. Uh, so tell us, tell us about, tell us about this whole thing you've been doing. I it's a lot. I don't know. Like upon moving to Sweden, I connected with. Uh, now a really good friend, uh, Tobias, and he got me into natural wine or just good wine in general. Um, I had never really indulged in that. I was, uh, as you know, been a whiskey guy for years. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and so this was my first introduction to like real wine. Um, and it, yeah, I got hooked. And uh, so we've been really like the good it. hooked, not the not the bad hooked. <laughs> yeah, it's a little both, but <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, no, I I am a responsible drinker. Thank you very much. And so we were like, you know, kind of into that enough where we would love to produce our own um, expression of something naturally fermented, wild fermented. And Sweden happens to have an abundance of apples. Um, during the world wars, there was a push to, to plant apple trees, um, for rationing of food, um, in case of, you know, things getting really bad. And so now here we are, you know, 70, whatever plus years later, and all these trees are, everyone has one in multiple in their yards. At least there's orchards all over the country that are just unused. And so it's quite the abundance of apples and it's really unique and, and, Unique apples to produce cider with. It's not cider apples. Okay. So it is. It the profile of this is quite different. So I don't know. We Tobias did a bit a little experiment. Did like you know, we have a friend's dad who has an orchard about uh, forty five minutes outside of Stockholm um, that has you know seventy plus trees that are seventy plus years old. Absolutely wow. gorgeous, right in the water out there. One of the most beautiful places. I've yeah, ever Henry seen in my has life. been there to That's help awesome. pick uh, two years ago. 
Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous, and they're wonderful people. And so he was able to take some apples and ran an experiment. You know, hang, you know, crushed them, um, pressed a bought a little press. Or, or no, I think he took them to a mustery, but didn't had it pasteurized. Mm-hmm. And so um, apples, you you press that juice, it's it's naturally going to start fermenting almost instantly. Wow, it's wild yeast. On How it, long does so. that take? Uh, it depends on the temperature, and there's like a lot of variations. Like eight weeks or something like that, usually. Yeah, like two to three months, probably. If yeah. you yeah, if not longer. So he did a uh, dry run a few years ago, him and his ga- his gal, and uh, we were like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, let's try something a little bit more this year um, with a few more friends. And so there's five of us now. And, and two years ago, we did about 500 liters, which sounds like a lot. It really isn't. It's we you were using like 60 uh, liter um, food safe buckets to oh, okay. ferment in, and we found it another method of of crushing um and a little bit bigger press and still hand pressed hand picked yeah. everything and Fuck henry yeah, helped dude. out on that on that batch and that vintage um and you know we had about 500 bottles of that and we started doing tastings with various uh um professionals mm-hmm. if you will in the industry and and uh wine heads and and uh psalms and such and got very very good feedback from people people really liked it and thought it was unique um yeah there's not a big market for those specific apples to be turned into cider over there not right now it's starting to pick up and there's a few um major um things happening that are going to push swedish cider into the international market i want to try it man yeah so it's um, really good thank you yeah yeah. we got we did four cuvées last year and this year we're doing I think we're up to like eight or so. So we use apples and pears as our base. Mm-hmm. And then, um, believe it or not, Sweden is abundance of uh, wild fruits and fruit in general. Mm-hmm. You think fruit climate, you think something warmer, but Sweden sure. actually has wonderful wild blueberries, blow bars. Blow bar. <laughs> it's blow bar. Blow bar. <laughs> um, and blow bar. <laughs> cherries, uh, wild cherry trees all over the place. We're using quince. Um, aronia, um, slowberries, um, so all kinds of beautiful fruits. So we're using all of this to do different variations of what we like to call fruit pet nets. And so it's uh, a way of carbonating um, what would normally be a still wine or a still cider uh, naturally through a secondary fermentation in the bottle. So we bottle it with a little leftover sugar and a little leftover yeast so it carbonates. Um, so that's a, a pet nat is normally a term you would use with wine. Um, and so we're kind of jumping on this natural wine or this wine train that's kind of going towards doing expressions that are a little bit more fun and less mm-hmm. serious. I still enjoy a very serious wine and whatever. It's kind that of a wine sound, alternative. Yeah, it's more something like that's meant to be just drank fresh, not mm-hmm. aged for 20 years and just for fun you know like it's it tastes good it, it's fun to drink and oh, so we're doing that as much as we you know consider our craft seriously we also want to do something that's just accessible and fun and different and so this year we're doing 10,000 liters and just we a have little bit more whoa a, a huge new space out in Sigtuna which is about 45 minutes outside of Stockholm um and uh yeah we're going That's huge news, to man. market this year so. wow congrats dude thanks yeah it's a big is it, is it hard to undertaking dis- like distribute like is there a lot of laws like kind of like the united states you can't just make like moonshine and sell it in the- yeah right right totally and and so we, we yeah we, we go through all the motions with permits that. and all that yeah fun stuff. it's it's not too bad it just it takes some time but 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not too bad. So we have a fully functioning cidery now, um, uh, which what used to be a moostery, what we call moost in uh, Sweden is actually what you would just call cider here. And what we call cider in Sweden is considered hard cider in America. So it's when I say cider, I'm it's hard cider. Mm. It's alcoholic cider. And I didn't know that. I think we talked about that. Maybe we were talking about you in the cider thing or something. I don't remember if we were recording or not, but um, I was like, I didn't know it was boozy because you don't really say yeah. on like your Instagram or whatever if it's like alcoholic. I guess. Right, right. So I was like, oh, I think he's just making juice out there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we did yeah. do some juice actually for cool. one of the orchards that we had to we, we picked from. Um, our payment in return was yeah. to um, make some must for him. So we pasteurized it and bottled it for him. So. I'm dying to try this, man. Shit. Excuse me. Um, it's very were, good. Were you, you allowed to bring any home? I'm doing, I actually have a tasting uh, on Tuesday. Oh, with wow. An importer. So it might very be cool. in the Chicago market in the next year or so. Damn. We'll see. Can't wait. Yeah. So. You as a design boy over here, I don't know if you've ever seen their bottles, but mm-hmm. the, the design and everything is so beautiful. The artwork. Yeah. And Tobias is it's a very talented dra- really designer. Cool. And uh, yeah. Has it's really fun. Spe- yeah. We want to, we're doing, it's, it's supposed to be fun. And yeah. It's mostly want this to be a, a long-term thing and not just some trend it's you know it's uh we want to have fun while we do it so it's been stressful though so we've been working like 80 90 hour weeks because Whoa. we work regular we all this is a side hustle for mm-hmm. us we're fermenting ten thousand liters as a side hustle because we all have full-time jobs so it's a l- huge undertaking uh probably a little bit bigger than we were anticipating but it's almost there we're, we're ready they're going to be bottling this next this month. I could see that being very popular, man. I we'll see. You know, it's um, yeah, we'll see. It's a quality product. It's a quality product made yeah. by quality human beings Thank from you. quality products. Yes, so. yeah. I mean, it's all handpicked. We handpicked over twelve tons of apples this year oh my God. with the help of friends and family. Um, and then you know, yeah, all the hand pressed, nothing and nothing out, just wild fermented, and uh, yeah. So there's a lot of labor that goes into it. Yeah, and it's weird. The ones that are doing all the labor are the ones actually making it. It's not like, you know, we hire, we don't, we can't, we, we can't hire people to do that. So. No, 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 you're just not yet. It. And we enjoy doing it to a certain degree. You know, yeah. obviously this, this, that's why we're doing this. We want to be out in these beautiful orchards picking mm-hmm. apples. I mean, that sounds awesome. It's gorgeous. Most, yeah. And I mean, seriously, the most delicious apple, apples you'll ever eat and you just literally just yeah. pick them right off the tree. How and are eat they, it. Like, how do they taste different from the ones that we're used to? Are they sweeter, more bitter? They're all over the place. So okay. we have, I, we're using probably about a dozen different varietals of oh, wow. apples I know with our market. cider making this year. So there's a lot. Um, we have some crossover. Um, Gravensteiner, those are in America as well. Um, but many of the other ones, I don't know. Maybe Holsteiner as well. But uh, the other varietals, I don't know if you have them here. My brother, actually, who lives um, just west of Chicago here, has planted about 90 uh, apple trees in his backyard yeah and so he's doing more of the american varietals and i hadn't noticed i don't they might be the same thing but called different you know, names so i'm not entirely sure so and we haven't even said what is the name of this company yeah. brutes. brutes brutes cider brutes like b-r-u-t-e-s and uh in swedish they say brutes so uh, Brutes, though. Brutes. Brutes. And where do people find out more information about Brutes? I think we're Brutes.se, but mostly just on Instagram. Instagram. If you, if you Google. If you Google the Instagram. <laughs> what you do is you get you Bing my Google. Instagram, the machine my 
Grandpa um, Brad, Brad Web Developer. Yes. If you, if you uh, Google, Google the it. Bing on the Instagram, and you'll find Brutes. So yes, that's most of our action is probably on Instagram. So a lot of cool awesome. photos, a lot of cool activity going on, and they follow us at Gearbuds Podcast. So you know we're yeah, we're already dude, Instagram well, buddies. You're the only podcast we follow, and you're the only Swedish <laughs> cidery and moostery that we we fucking follow. But it's hey, we wouldn't have it any other way. Yep, a little cross pollination. Man, I'm I'm so thankful for you to take the time, come hang out with us, it's talk great. about bullshit, and and let us yap at you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much, Brad, for being Thanks, here. Brad. Thank you, guys. This go is check wonderful. out go check out Brute Cider, and then whenever you have a band name and stuff, we're gonna post yeah. that shit for you and Link get it out on the webs. I'll be back. Yeah, baby. Yes, love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you, buddy.